Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who has been wanked off by the hand of a hundred-year-old ventriloquist dummy. It's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Lovely to see you. Thanks for coming. You're much better than last week's audience. <laughs> so, uh, doesn't work. Um, so, uh, welcome to Rich Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rahel Lester Just got. I've just got there with that now, and it's and it's over. It's the last one. This is the last in the series. We're doing a double header. It's a menage a trois today. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes if I can interview two people at once I could barely interview one person at once so will it be better with two or worse I don't know Um, the big news some big news uh, England have lost at football we were discussing this before me and my friends here at the Leicester Square Theatre but I think the problem with football is that um, is there, you know there aren't enough scoring opportunities it's a bit, it's, there's a chance for a rubbish team like England to progress well because you can just all line up in the goal like I used to when I was at school and then no one can get the ball in I think they've got, they've got to be extra points that's what they should do you think there should be points for like if you pass ten times in a row that's a goal 
that counts as one goal. If I, I think if you can do a keepy-uppy for 30 seconds during the game, five points you should get for that. If you save... What about this? If you save a goal, you get a, you get a goal. I think that would be good. That would, it would liven things up a bit. Uh, if you can just keep the ball on the centre spot for 30 seconds without it moving, a thousand points. It'd be fun. And then, and then the correct team would win. Or just at the end... If it's a draw right at the end, then it goes to, like, Eurovision and then they vote in the countries. It would mean England would never win a football. There you go. That's the same as, same as now. Uh, and the, the big news of the week, of course, Jimmy Carr has been in trouble for uh, evading his taxes. Is that the right word for it? Uh, and, uh, but I, I, it's quite interesting to me because I think he actually, you know, it's a satirist job, really, is to bring down the government and expose corruption in the government and no satirist ever fucking achieved that ever spitting him has just made Margaret Thatcher look more powerful and prolonged her reign by taking the piss out of her Jimmy Carr has actually done something which might bring down a government <laughs> admittedly accidentally he didn't intend to do it but by, you know you could say he was satirically failing to pay his tax <laughs> to, to expose the, you know, the rotten core of our society and he's managed to achieve something that no other comedian has managed and, and the way David Cameron's all reacted he just looks like a, an idiot so he's made David Cameron look foolish for uh, daring to have moral authority over anything <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, so well done to Jimmy Carr I think if you see him in the street bow down and give, maybe give him a fiver because uh, <laughs> because in the end I think we'll get more tax as a result of uh, coming in as a oh, you know, they'll, they'll close the loophole but I think another one might open that's my guess <laughs> Don't call, you may call me cynical, uh, but I'm not the only one, as John Lennon failed to say. Um, but anyway, look, I want to crack on because we've got two guests and uh, this could go on for hours. Literally, I might, you know, I might just see how... I kind of have a dream of this that we just carry on talking until someone falls asleep. Well, I'm not in the audience, that would take me too short, but on stage... Um, if Armando Unici just is kind of over and snoring, we'll, we'll, end, the, we'll end the podcast. But we've got two guests, two fantastically successful people in the world of comedy. Just doing this show has really made me feel terrible. I would say, just say, every week I have to come in and meet people who've succeeded at my job. And I, I want to go, why haven't I done as well as you, you fuckers? Um, which I may ask them this way. I may finally break... <laughs> what did you have that I didn't have apart from talent and the d- ambition to do it properly? <laughs> um, <laughs> and coming up with good ideas. That's, those are the things. I've answered my own question. I don't have to ask them. But uh, we've got two fantastic guests. I'm going to bring them out one at a time so we can give them a fantastic round of applause. Will you please welcome uh, the man? He was that Irish bloke in uh, Alan Partridge, remember? Who... <laughs> He was trying to give Alan Partridge. I don't know what he's been up to since then, but that was fucking brilliant. That thing he did. I don't know why he's not doing more acting. Will you please welcome Graham Linehan, ladies and gentlemen? Here he is, there he is. Thank you very much. Sit down, make yourself at home. And um, somebody else, we've got two guests. Someone else you probably know best as the script editor from Radio 4's The End of the Road Show. <laughs> a show that claimed he was diphylactic. That went out on Radio 4. I don't know, we'll ask him if he is diphylactic, whether that was true or false. Uh, we can find out. He has recently been made an OBE of the British Empire. It's like a... The Order of the British Empire of the British Empire. So we'll have to genuflect. Will you please welcome Armando Yanucci? Yeah. Come in, sit down. 
Lovely to have you here, boys. So, um... <laughs> now you are an OBE, yeah. Amanda. Do you know what you can upgrade to CBE using <laughs> British Airways Avials for? <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, yes. You see, you, now, well, do you, if I... the establishment, they taught me all these If rules. I say the Queen is a fucking wanker, oh. do you have to get me with a rapier you have to now? No, I, but I know someone who can have you executed. <laughs> I've been given their personal number. Right. <laughs> they yes. can just step in. In my little book that I get... Did you have, did you have um, any second... When you got, knew you were going to get offered an OBE, did you yeah. think, I, I better not take that? <laughs> <laughs> or I'll, I'll there was look. a little bit... Is it, there is a, is a, is that moment is taken up by ringing your mum. <laughs> yes, I know, exactly. <laughs> there's a bit of me that thought, oh, no, I shouldn't really. And there's another bit that just thought, this is really, really funny. <laughs> And I, I'm afraid I went for the funny yeah. and the ringing mum to say I've got an OBE. You know, it's free. <laughs> it's free. They give you a little medal, you know, that you can. And I know I've got to go to Buckingham Palace yeah. to get it. Uh... And, and they give you a small one as well for special occasions. I think. Well, we had. You're not the first OBE. Well, like a blue Peter badge. It's like a smaller version. Jonathan Ross, unbelievable. I couldn't oh, believe yes. it. Jonathan yeah. Ross has got. Hope you wouldn't think that. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, like, at least Armando has proper satire and stuff. He doesn't just <laughs> ring up people's granddads. And... <laughs> Say awful things. <laughs> he's done any awful things, so he wouldn't be able to do that. So has he got an OBE? He's got an OBE as well, right. which I was gobsmacked about. I yeah. couldn't believe it. I mean, and that, to me, slightly devalues your OBE. <laughs> <laughs> They've given it to Jonathan Ross. I wonder if I can retrospectively turn it down and <laughs> hope that I get something better. Yeah. <laughs> you could be a lord. You get, if, you, if you're a lord, you get £300 a day for turning up now. Oh, really? They're changing it. It used to be, I saw this in the news, it used to get... You get guaranteed uh, income as a lord. Mm-hmm. It used to be about sixty k, I think, a year. Mm-hmm. But now they're changing it. You have to get you get three hundred pounds every day. You go in, <laughs> but only if you go in. So you, know, you have to go in to get your three hundred quid. But I think that's what I'd, I'd do. That whole you? system's gone. That's not to, you. Just but have they, to go and sit in the house of lords for the day. That's right. Three hundred quid. Smelling Margaret Thatcher's farts. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Does she still go? She can't go in. She does go does in. Does she yes. still go she's in? occasionally there. She can't. Yes. Doesn't she went down the shops to buy that? <laughs> About a bottle of milk was surprised. <laughs> I think it was either her or Jennifer Saunders. I can't remember who yes. it was. <laughs> did, you see, did you see the Margaret Thatcher film? Yes. That's what I was referring to. No, I, I thought I, clever I, people I, got yes. it. I thought but rather like Margaret this Thatcher. This is another thing I won't be able to talk about. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not see it? Not, no. It was... But it was like... <laughs> Let's, let's do that for 15 Meryl minutes. Street was, uh, Meryl Streep was basically doing an impression of Jennifer Saunders, I thought. It was just was, all the way yes. Jennifer Saunders. <laughs> and, the, and the film, rather like Margaret Thatcher, was nuts. It was just a demented film. I didn't understand what it was about. Or, well, well, I knew what it was about, but why it was out there. I didn't know why it was out there. I saw Prometheus. Yes. <laughs> I can talk about Prometheus. Let's talk about that next. Actually, no, I haven't seen Prometheus. Do you know what? It's what I I genuinely didn't realise when I went to see it, and I saw it quite early on. I didn't know it was anything to do with Alien. Yeah, I found that extraordinary. My wife said, "Let's go and see Prometheus." Said, "Should we look and see what it's about first? She said, "No." I said, "What?" We saw a picture of Big Head. So I said, "I didn't really want to go. I wanted to go and see the Avengers." But to be be on the internet, I was watching. Well, we couldn't get on the internet. I was trying to look it up. And uh, no one had mentioned it to me. And I, was, I was watching going, this is a bit like Alien. It's a bit too much like Alien, really. And, they, they, uh, 
and it genuinely wasn't until they. Uh, 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 spoiler alert! Oh no, no, don't! I <laughs> haven't seen it. Much. I haven't no. seen it. At the, uh, at the end, at the end, there's no. an alien. <laughs> We're you still in that period you where I'm allowed out, to say spoiler alert. You find out how the alien is made. No, no. I'm going to ruin your podcast. It's about, you know it's about alien. It's about the prequel to alien. There's going to be some fucking aliens in it. <laughs> I saw it more as a prequel to Thelma and Louise. <laughs> <laughs> is he Snoop Dogg's uh, tweet today? No. He just said, oh, just watch Thelma and Louise. Bit of a tear in my eye. <laughs> Snoop Dogg? <laughs> I love the idea of watching it with him on a kind of girly night. <laughs> anyway, so it's all right. It's all right. I, I enjoyed when uh, in the Thatcher film where uh, Airy Neve got blown up. That's not what I enjoyed. I'm not oh! sick. Oh, spoiler alert! God's sake! Spoiler alert! He escaped from Colditz. If you're going to watch that film as well. Um, but Margaret Thatcher was was they were in the car park. You know, he came. He was blown yeah, up coming out of the car park. Going, airy, they airy. were both getting in their cars in the car park. Margaret Thatcher getting in the car. Yeah, he got blown up. She ran out. And was the first on the scene. Yeah. I don't no. think that really? happened. <laughs> I think if, if Margaret Thatcher was in that car park, she fucking bolted the other way. He there got was... blown up, and she shouted, "Airy by name, Airy by nature." <laughs> So we shouldn't really have brought this up with uh, Graham yeah, in there. terrible. I've got to see more films. <laughs> no, but you think the IRA build blew him up because his name was too much like the IRA? He's <laughs> called Harry. Yeah, it can't be two. <laughs> but there can only be one. You might get to shake hands with the Queen this week. Are you not... Uh... What's that? No. We, is this a bit? I'm just lumping you with all the Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Are all the Irish shaking hands with the Queen? <laughs> Yes, weren't you invited? Oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't realise, I'm sorry. I'm not my mother. I'm not like a, My mother is absolutely fascinated by uh, all this stuff. She, she, she literally phones and she says, what are, what are people talking about, about Charles at the moment? What's uh, going on? She, she really thinks that everybody goes on the street and kind of goes, yes, so what's happening? Did you see that he, uh, he's going to Africa next week for a few weeks? And I, think that might be, I think that might be a good trip for him at this stage. <laughs> You know, we we, I don't talk about him. <laughs> well, Armando now yeah, doing his acting. Now, did you get a special key to a little club you can go to where only OBEs are allowed? No, it doesn't the... work like that, uh, Richard. It's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it it's, should be. There've got to be some sh- perks. Is there, does something happen to your name? Do we have to call you my lord or my lady? No, just your grace will be fine <laughs> for the purposes of this evening. No, I, I think I'm technically allowed to use the initials OBE at the end of my yeah. name, but obviously I'm not, not going to do that. You have to. <laughs> there was a brilliant interview with uh, D- uh, David Frost, Sir David Frost, yeah. and uh, uh, I think it was Lynn Truss or someone, and she yeah. said she rates people mm-hmm. who are titled on how seriously they take their title. <laughs> she, oh, said, yeah. she said, I'll give him a seven. Because when I called him David, he didn't object. But when he picked up the phone, he said, Sir David Frost. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people who absolutely... There are some actors who absolutely insist oh, yeah. on being Sir called... Sir Ben to, Kingsley. Yeah. Oh, does he? Sir Ben Kingsley. Oh, we don't want to get on the wrong side of him. Oh. Oh. So, so if Cara's coming for him, you go, Ben, Sir Ben! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And Lord Allen, Lord Allen Sugar, he has to be Oh, really? Oh, uh, yes. Well, you don't want to... Uh, the, my favourite thing about Alan Sugar is... Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll go for the, uh, the vernacular. Uh, but my favourite thing about him was he was on Twitter and uh, someone said, um, 
Someone corrected them in this very light way. They said, oh, you great nana. You great nana. You can't say that, you great nana. And his reply was, shut up, scum. <laughs> Lord Alan Sugar. <laughs> Technically, he is correct. They are to him. Tim Armando, you can now do that as well. You can start. I, once, I was once at a table at the BAFTAs yes. uh, next to Alan Sugar's table, and, and I was watching Alan Sugar because I thought, he's, surely he's nothing like how he is on the telly with all that. You're fired! And I actually, this is absolutely true. Somebody came up to him and said, Do you know where the ladies are? And he went, The ladies over there. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a gimmick, you've got to use it. He's shrinking, his head's shrinking up a bit, though, not he? He's uh, turning into a kind of frightening skeleton version of himself. <laughs> what do you think? I'm sli- I find him slightly terrifying now. He and he can't say resume, and that is my main problem with... Oh, really? He Did says resume. Resume. I do that with some words. Yeah. <laughs> I keep saying hyperbole. Yeah. I can't get out of it. And usually in interviews that are going to go out, and then someone says, oh, can you tweet this link to the uh, podcast you did or whatever? And I listen to it back in hyperbole. There's a lot of hyperbole about these things. And uh, mm, I can't really forward that to anyone, sorry. It's the... It's the... <laughs> The hyperball is the biggest event in the American exactly, yeah. <laughs> Once every hundred years. <laughs> 55 <laughs> baseball teams compete. <laughs> on one side of the pitch, well, 159 American football teams on the other. They all charge at each other in the middle. And it's your 15-minute commercial for the new iPod. <laughs> and, and that's the hyperball. <laughs> So what do you think of the Jimmy Carr hack situation, <laughs> well, fellas? That, that broke the week that every columnist was having a go at me for having an OBE. It's so it's... I thought, thank Christ for Jimmy Carr. <laughs> <laughs> More power to his elbow, I thought, you know. Yeah, I don't know, it's kind of, you know, obviously should pay tax and stuff. But the thing is, I think he, he basically, didn't he say in his apology that he said to uh, his, his accountant said, do you want to save two million quid? And he said, yeah. He said, it's completely legal. And he said, oh, okay, yeah. And he did that. Yeah. And then it's in the news. <laughs> you know? And I kind of see how that might happen. Yeah. Because I don't, I hate all that tax bollocks as well. <laughs> you know? And I do, I do hire someone to take care of it. Yeah. He's a bloke, he's got a cigarette like that. <laughs> you want to you you save someone? He's uh, sorted, He's sorted, he's sorted. <laughs> He's, he's uh, can't be traced. He does. He does wink a lot. He winks a lot. <laughs> so. If it's funny, it's money. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> aren't, aren't writers in Ireland tax exempt anyway? If you're a writer, oh yeah, no. If you're an, if you're an artist, you're yeah. you're you're tax ex- exempt. You're so, not an artist. So though. we went to we, <laughs> we thought we thought, and this is uh, again uh, incredible. This be on the cover of the Times. Uh, but we thought, oh, maybe we should live in Ireland and then we won't have to pay tax. And so we went back to Ireland for, for two years uh, uh, and uh, I didn't earn any money. <laughs> <laughs> so we came back. Yeah, yeah. You know? No, but, you know, there's a, there's a thing to encourage artists to live in Ireland and, 
and uh, unfortunately it's not working. <laughs> I still don't want to live there. But, um, but it's interesting, I guess, whether comedians, well, whether they should be held up as and satirists, which I think. Well, Jimmy the interesting Carr thing about him, him mm. what, what's interesting about Jimmy Carr is is by virtue of not paying his tax, he was somehow elevated into a kind of socialist worker uh, figure. You know, I, Jimmy Carr isn't a left wing no. politician. He comes no. out, he does silly one liners. You know, but suddenly Toby Young and all these people are kind of, you know, you know, just kind of launching themselves at him, and and the left in general. Yeah, Jimmy Carr is not part of the left. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was That's, it was weird. I felt aggrieved with Alistair Campbell was accusing me of of uh, <laughs> betraying yes. the principles of Malcolm Tucker. Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> I, thought, uh, I was so close but to Malcolm writing. Malcolm Tucker is a dangerous so cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I uh, swear to God, I, to I had my finger over the thing. <laughs> and I, and I was so close to saying, he's not a hero. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, did you see the film? He started the fucking Iraq war. <laughs> <laughs> but to Alistair Campbell, he's presumably a hero because he's set up quite similar. There's all these people in life who who seem to get away with the worst shit. Mm. And then they kind of go on chat shows and everyone's joking about how they serve chocolates to Jeremy Vine or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, he was responsible for the deaths of thousands and thousands of people, you know? Mm. Anyway, mm. let's get into that now. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know? he would argue only once. Oh, I could have got a real round of applause if yeah, I followed started off. through there. <laughs> I didn't do that. I, had, I, I must try and get on question time to learn how to yeah, really yeah. follow through. Yeah. That round of applause. It's what every comedian and comedy person is looking for, seven people applauding. <laughs> the, other four, the other 400 deciding not to join in. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of quite a strong statement. But they're statement. friends for life. Yeah. <laughs> so we had Stuart Lee on last week. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Which uh, you both know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask because you've worked with Stuart Armando. Mm-hmm. Have you, when you've worked with him, mm-hmm. has there ever been like sort of broken things, just mis- things mysteriously? <laughs> has there ever been, you've just been like, I don't know if you work in a place with a kitchen, uh-huh. whether you've ever kind of the next day you've gone in and all the kitchen cupboards are smashed and stuff. <laughs> no. No? Does he do that? Is that what it Well, there's was? a mystery. Last week there was a mystery when I shared an Edinburgh flat with him. And yes. Me and him I had slightly heated words about nothing, and then the next morning all the cupboards in the in the kitchen were punched in. <laughs> really? No one, no one knows who did it. This. And might... I was thinking as well last week. I mentioned right at the end of the podcast that my in Carpenter, where I'm living in the block of flats, the. Yes. Uh, the front glass got all kicked in last week as well. I should have asked you if he'd been in Harpenden recently. You know, it's who's... Who's been doing I just wondered if things are mysteriously I'll tell you what, though. This leads me on to an interesting story that I can tell that you're involved in as well, which is one of the rare occasions, because it makes no sense us being on stage together. (laughs) But but one of the times it would have made sense about (laughs) in is um, we did uh, Armistice together. And we used to to go to the... um, We used to do it at the BBC. Mm. And... uh, there were little acts of vandalism that people would do, which were like Andy Riley. Uh, there was like there were all these kind of um, paintings with kind of splashes of, of you know kind of vaguely Jackson Pollock type things, mm. and Andy would just draw new little bits on it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he'd always do. It. But the, but the other thing was twice we were in studios or we were in offices. Once was Big Break, you know, yeah. remember Big Break with Jim, Jim Davidson. Jim Davidson. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, uh, and Peter Bainham, there would always be cards on the walls. Yes. And Peter was a master of writing things on the cards that he shouldn't. <laughs> like, they're, 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 all the cards would have guests of who's going to be on. Yes. You know, so if you big break, you see, you know, Bruce Forsyth or whatever, you know. And Peter wrote um, Vivian Westwood <laughs> <laughs> and slipped it in. <laughs> <laughs> and the next week she was on the front. <laughs> well, but the, the sorry, no, 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 no. Go, well, no, just one week. I remember we were in the office that was used by Last of the Summer Wine. Oh, yes. They were all out <laughs> filming on the summer location shoot, and we were using their office. And all the cards were up with a breakdown of each scene within each episode. So it says, you know, Compo says, "There's no way you're going to get me in that contraption." <laughs> and the next card said, "Shot of Compo in that contraption." <laughs> And Andy Riley took one of those cards down and just not a new, like, new card that just says, Compo bursts puppy with cock. <laughs> no, that's not the one. I'm so happy. I'm so happy you didn't do the one I remember. Oh, yeah. Because the one I remember was Compo finds body of child in burnt out car. <laughs> that, that would have been the Christmas episode. Uh. <laughs> and you know, just leave it there, and yeah. then you know. They actually, they actually filmed it. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't make compliance. So they, uh, <laughs> they cut also, it. Also, man, when you've worked with Stuart, yes, is, is there ever been a point when you've maybe been nearly asleep <laughs> and, you've, and you've woken up to find him masturbating you with a hundred-year-old ventriloquist dummy? <laughs> That's only happened twice. Yeah, that's his signature. That's his signature move. They did. That's, he did admit to that one yeah. at least. Well, you know, I see the Nina Conti documentary. Yes, wasn't it amazing? It was amazing. It was absolutely fantastic. She's doing an Edinburgh show. You must go and see Nina. She's extraordinary. I, I made a pilot with her. Oh, that yes. was great. Yeah, the sitcom. Oh, the sitcom. Yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she was extraordinary because she does, she's this fantastic. She has this monkey called Monkey, <laughs> and. Um, the pilot was, you know, it was scripted, but there was a little bit of improvisation as well. And in one of the scripted scenes, she couldn't remember her line, but the monkey reminded her. <laughs> <laughs> and on another scene where we were improvising, the monkey was improvising and said something that made her laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's extraordinary. Yeah, See, I wouldn't mind being wanked off by a puppet held by Nina Conti. That would be a... <laughs> That would be all right. It's, it's Stuart Lee. And it was a puppet that my great-granddad made. So it's, an, it's, a, it's an additional... He was trying to cheer me up, Armando. <laughs> I was crying at the time. How long so with this? <laughs> I was actually weeping. It was the first year we were in Edinburgh, so it's 25 yes. years. Okay. We're coming up to the 25th anniversary of it. Mm-hmm. A bit, I'm a bit worried about what the flashbacks were. <laughs> Whether he'll, he's going to be in Edinburgh this year. Uh, yeah, well, you know, do you remember you used to sleep in... Johnson Terrace, the, oh, God, the, uh, yes, the, yes. the, the, the Oxford mm. Theatre group that mm. both me and Armando were different mm. times parts of, mm. um, would hire and out the, this and the Masonic, Masonic temple. Lodge. Yeah, the Masonic Temple. There was a Masonic yeah. Temple upstairs, and we all yes. slept on the second, the floor downstairs yeah. in yeah. the Masonic Lodge, and um, and they went back years because someone told me an awful story about Esther Ransom, something she did behind the uh, <laughs> the, the little. You know, there was, remember there was a little kitchen in there. She was she okay. was doing. So, I, I can't say what it was, but you know, imagine something worse. So it's kind of beautiful, <laughs> but she. 
so like these stories got passed down year from year yes. upon year. So Esperanza yes. must have been there in the 1960s, I presume. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But still, the stories of her sexual excess were <laughs> 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 passed downwards. But yes, Esperanza's had sex, right? That's got to be. She's got a daughter. That must be the yeah. truth. So um, that's that's no surprise to anyone. But yeah, we basically had to sleep on the floor. And we demarcated our our little areas with tables and bits mm-hmm. of furniture and stuff, and just mm-hmm. slept on sleeping bags. And I was crying one night. Mm-hmm. And so you tried to, as, as you do, as you do, as, as a nineteen-year-old virgin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I think I'd had sex once by that stage. So bad luck. One, one more than you, mate. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So it was almost. It was probably my second sexual experience. Was. Mm-hmm. Stuart Lee and eventually quit stomach. Right, but yeah. he doesn't do it. I just thought that's what he did. He told me he did that with everyone. You always he remember with. your second, if it's that. <laughs> no, never in any of my waking moments with him, no. 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 Well, just watch out. That's why I'm just some, okay. uh, forewarned is forearmed. Uh, yes. <laughs> more ways than one. Yes. So we're talking about loads. Of, there's loads of stuff to talk about. It is ridiculous having both of you on. You are no, both. No, no. You are both. You know, you're both. No, we did have that early connection where we did uh, Friday Night Armistice. Yeah. That's what, it was the other one funny. where we had. Do you not remember we had a sitcom race together? Did we? Yeah, you and Arthur were writing. Is Father's this a song? This is equal no, no, no. to a song. No, no. Did when, we? When we were at the. Uh, and it went something like this. <laughs> you and I. No, you, uh, we were in a 33 Percy Street, the top back building. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we... you and Arthur were next door writing Father Ted. Yeah. And Steve and Peter and I were writing I'm Alan Partridge. And yeah, we realised yeah. we were next door to each other. Right. And we more or less started writing at the same time. <laughs> So we decided to have a sitcom race <laughs> to see who would get to the end of their series. For, I think you beat us. You beat us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. But who? What was the more successful <laughs> sitcom? <laughs> out of it's not who finishes it first. It's which sitcom is remembered twenty years later uh, as being the best sitcom of this generation. Well, I still get. I still get. Uh, there's more Tarland than this at every single. And 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 I always go. <laughs> yes, yes. I wrote Father Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But still, it is, I'm, I'm not an extra. Wherever you go, when in fact, when I was being protested by Christians when I did Christ on a Bike, uh, yes. occasionally Christians would turn up with placards. Yes. And then occasionally people would turn up with placards saying, down with this sort of thing <laughs> in amongst <laughs> satirising. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think you, you wrote, you wrote a small blog about boy that bank just yeah. 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 So, no, it's every protest now. There was, yeah. a, there was a picture recently of some Irish fans standing in front of a kind of mass of, of Polish policemen. Uh, you know, with those two signs, you know. So. <laughs> and the thing is, I was the first person to tweet it. I tweeted it and I said, oh, you know, this is funny, mm, you yeah. know. And then for like literally a month, <laughs> people have been, have you seen this? Said, yeah, I was the first person to tweet that. <laughs> people keep sending me a photograph of, it's a big sort of WWF or whatever they call themselves now, wrestling association thing in America. And there's a crowd and they all have banners as well. And there's someone in the crowd who has a big placard that says, Youth Hosteling with Chris Eubank. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, to be fair, there's one of them at every protest. (laughs) It's the new John 316. (laughs) (laughs) But now, between us, I mean, we've created some of the the major (laughs) comedy characters. Yes. No, no, no. I only laugh you, because you, you were far, making fun of Father this Father Ted, you created Malcolm Tucker, Ted and Ralph. I created Alan Partridge. <laughs> As everyone knows. <laughs> uh, I remember when so, you came in with that voice. Yeah. <laughs> and we all said, no, that's not it. 
Steve, what can you do? We mainly do it to white because there's this story. Occasionally, you'll see a newspaper article which says, you know, Man and Partridge created by Leon Herring. Yes. Which all comes out from uh, Patrick Marber saying in one of the, some books, someone's going, I bet Leon Herring are claiming they created Alan Partridge. Oh, really? And the journalist saying, no, I've never seen that claimed anyway. But since then, me and Stu have always claimed we created Alan Partridge. <laughs> After he gave us the idea. Yeah. But we, we, we wrote some of the first things Alan Partridge said, yeah. and as oh, a result, we get yes. almost 1% of everything that is made from <laughs> the Alan Partridge down the... Almost that much. <laughs> it's a bit like the reverse Jimmy Carr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and fair enough, it's, it's obviously... We'll go on record as saying I made that up. <laughs> so, uh, and that's not been denied, so that is now legally binding. <laughs> this goes to court. This is evidence that I did, that I did He didn't Alan say no. Did he asked me to stab him. <laughs> <laughs> and if Armando now says no, I did, then just edit that bit out, Ben. <laughs> No one will know. Um, so, well, yeah, but also we were talking with Stuart about uh, Twitter last week. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he's very, he, he loves you're, it. You're, he's all he's, over it. He's very against... Well, the thing I forgot to say to him, because he kind of... Side, he's very good at sidetracking you when you're trying to argue mm. down. Mm. I was saying that it doesn't matter if someone mentions where you are because hardly anyone reads it. Mm. But also the main thing is, if someone mentions where you are, it doesn't matter if you're on Twitter, that will still happen. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. By, not, but by opting out of Twitter, that doesn't stop mm. that happening. But you're, yeah. a, you're obviously a massive advocate. You're an early adopter of Yeah, well, Twitter. I wasn't that early. I think uh, someone... I think what happened to me was Jonathan Ross outed me. Right. And I was just writing... I was doing that thing that everybody does when they join, which is, oh, I'm going to sit down now. <laughs> <laughs> and, not, and not really understanding why I would do this. Yeah. And then Jonathan Ross kind of outed me and said, mm-hmm. is, are you Glenner? And I said, yeah, you know. And the next thing I said, oh, I'd better check Twitter and see what, you know... Although that was the first time I used that term. <laughs> you know, I better see what's... I'll, I'll log in or whatever to this mm-hmm. Twitter and see what's hap- happening. And, uh, and I had 4,000 followers. And that was the moment I thought, oh, fuck me. I, if, I, if I write something in that box, 4,000 people will see it. And that was the first time I really grasped yeah. what it was. Mm. And mm. since then, I've been, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Do you think it's become better, worse? I mean, in, in a way, it got, it got to a point where it kind of expanded. When it first started, when, when I first got involved with it, it felt like you could go and have a conversation with people on there and you'd get reasonable people made mainly and people weren't just tweeting you're a fucking cunt and then running away now it seems to that seems to be just to you it might just be me (laughs) it's fair I still get very I just love to the block button is just so I just (laughs) it's like you know uh, you know I thought you were a little bit block (laughs) (laughs) don't understand why you block (laughs) you know I just I find and then people say oh off blocking people, isn't it? No, it's my, it's like my garden. Yeah. Why would I yeah. let slugs and weeds in my garden? <laughs> <laughs> I go over and I spray them with some sort of chemical. Well, I like the people who, <laughs> the people who decide what you're meant to be tweeting about. They get angry with you because you're tweeting a certain thing. Yeah, and yeah. A go, guy, well, a guy tweeted uh, yesterday. Um, uh, uh, unfollowing, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> uh, you. Uh, you, you know, I thought you'd be funny, but it's all Daily Mail obsession, you know. I'll check back in from time to time. <laughs> so I retweeted that with blocked. <laughs> well, one of my favourite tweets recently someone sent me was, uh, you know, hey, you know, you're, you're very funny, and Alistair Campbell is just a big smelly cock punt. <laughs> 
which I thought rounded off the uh, you know intellectual debate we were having over the nature of the establishment. If only you'd put that after the yeah, WMD and then go plus. And by the way, yeah, yeah. Let, get a load of this guy. Will you see what this guy has to say? I think you then people would have thought you won that argument. Whereas at the moment, I think yeah, it's very even. much in the balance. Yeah. But yeah. there was a thing. I think there was a time, maybe about two or three years ago, where you did feel you were having a kind of conversation with people. Yeah. Because it hadn't reached such a saturation point that people could read your tweets regularly. But now, because everyone follows so many people, if you tweet something, there's less of a chance that they read it. Really. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so you don't get a sense you're having that kind of direct conversation with people. No. Yeah, I guess it's getting a bit maybe maybe a bit noisy. But I still I still like it. I I tend to people tend to I think people also realise well it's not worth writing unless you've actually got something to say. So I tend yeah. to have good good conversations with people still. Yeah, and the bad ones you can you can just kind of scroll through. You know, I remember when I first joined reading. Um, <laughs> One of Eddie Izzard's oh, tweets, which was <laughs> one of Eddie Izzard's tweets, and the, the tweet was just, um, "I'm getting out of the taxi now." <laughs> and I thought, "Why is he saying that?" And also, presumably, he's kind of going, kind of, he's staggering around out of a taxi while tweeting. It would make sense if the taxi had just been in a massive crash. <laughs> And he'd been there for six hours. <laughs> it's a bit like that guy in the sixties who tried LSD on TV, wasn't it? Maybe it's that. Maybe he was doing some experiment oh, yeah, where he was going to yeah. get us. But I've been living in a taxi for three years, <laughs> and then we'll see what effect that has. I'm taking the LSD now. That's what... Imagine if you were in a plane and they said the pilot came on and said, "I'm afraid all our engines have failed and we are going to crash. We're going to, we are going to die." Would you tweet? <laughs> would be someone who would think I must tweet about this. I think you would. I think if I was knew I was going to die, I think I would. I've, well, it's I everyone's last this words, is, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. everyone's last words. Oh, I get to, yeah. to the last words. <laughs> very... Where do I begin? <laughs> I'd like to thank my wife. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, it's on the ward ceremony. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Somebody unfollows him. Just... <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I thought I'd follow you because I thought you'd be tweeting funny things, but it all seems to be seems to be just cries of distress. <laughs> one of the one of the saddest tweets ever is John Edwards, who was a vice presidential candidate under John Kerry, and when was running as a presidential candidate the year that Obama won. That was the year he was campaigning in New Hampshire, and then there was a sex scandal, and it was revealed he'd had, you know, he'd father a child, he'd had an affair. And his Twitter account is still open, and the last tweet he did is from four years ago, and it just says, I'm just on my way to see the good people of New Hampshire. <laughs> and then silence. <laughs> Yes. And there'll just be one now going, it didn't go that well. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, it was and all that. Going. We're talking about very yeah. clever, isn't he clever? Hmm. The way he's, he's got that round to him now, isn't he? Your, your, your latest. You know, people, I've, we scheduled this very badly for hmm. Armando Yanucci fans yeah. because tonight uh, on Sky Atlantic, they're showing about now, hmm. they're showing Alan, an hour long Alan Partridge yeah. episode, this, brand new this, Alan Partridge this, episode. This is the place to be if you don't like Armando Yanucci. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then, then they're showing the first episode of Veep, yes, which is your new American HBO show. Yes. Show, yeah. Yes. So Certainly. tell us a bit about. Well, yeah, look at that. But again, 
That's more than Graham well got, but still not, the, still not the full audience. They're mainly over there, we'll the people who like applauding, and mainly we'll over, get them. which well makes done. me You've think worked. both of you. Have well brought, done. I think you've both brought your posses along with you. That's <laughs> you both. I've imagined both of you are so successful now. You've got like Steve Wright permanent posse. We'll have a, we'll have a hyperbole later on. <laughs> Who laugh and applaud every witticism you yes. make. So tell us a little bit about Veep, because that sounds exciting, and Veep. HBO as well. It's uh, HBO, yes. It's uh, set in, not in the White House, just next to the White House. It's set in the Vice President's office, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who uh, most people still know as Elaine from Seinfeld, plays the Vice President. Oh, God. <laughs> Just got you here. You have to go on and on Graham. about your show. I wanted to get both of you here. I wanted to get both of you here so you would know how it feels to be me if I'm sitting next to you. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah. I, just, oh, I just thought that would be a funny thing. <laughs> I think you should do it all the way through, though. Right? Guarantee you'll get funny yeah. again. <laughs> We've heard it all before. How did uh, you get to work? With, I mean, HBO is the, is just an amazing thing to work with. They're the, the they're the acme of uh, <laughs> TV production, transgressive television. <laughs> yes. No. It, well, it, how did it happen? It, it was a long convoluted. I I did a pilot. We did an American version. We did an American make of the thick of it. Yes. For ABC Television about five years ago, which was terrible. I mean, it was just <laughs> dreadful. Uh, it was made by ABC, who are owned by Disney. So if you can imagine a Disney version, <laughs> a Disney version of the thick of it. Um, what I think the problem with the thick of it is the swearing should be taken out. I, mean, I imagine it would be much yeah. better if there was <laughs> no swearing in it. Well, that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the show for you. <laughs> and Ollie was a woman. They turned Ollie into a woman yeah. because they thought that would be more interesting and sexy. Did Chris Addison still have to play him? <laughs> <laughs> quite enjoyed it actually <laughs> um, and it was just very tedious and dull um, uh, and then I did in, I did in the but in the, in the course of having those meetings in LA I met up with HBO and really liked them and I sort of wanted to do it with HBO but the BBC in their infinite wisdom and it was <laughs> infinite uh, <laughs> sold it to ABC um, but then I did in the loop and so it, uh, HBO got back in touch with me and said um Look, we've been wanting to do a, a Washington comedy for a while. How, how would you like to have a go? And, and that was it, really. Right. Just took it from there. It's pretty good, isn't it? It's, it's really... <laughs> <laughs> That's as easy as that, really. really That's all it. It's, That's it's, all it takes. Is that... If only I thought... If only I thought of just them asking me... <laughs> 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 but you similarly had you took the IT crowd or the it crowd? No, no, I, no, it was nothing no. to do with you. No, I found out about that on the internet. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. One day I was surfing the web, and uh, I thought, oh, oh, the American version of IT crowd is currently being filmed. But how does that I happen? Thought, oh, uh, well, the I don't know the the. the I don't know. But how does it happen? <laughs> I tell you what, it just you can d- that they can take it to ABC without your guess. Are... Guess who, who did it? Guess who wrote it? The guys who've taken over Community. Oh, the guy, the take of the guy, yeah. Because the, the guy from Community's in it, isn't it? The Joe, Joe, um... Yeah, the, the yeah, lady. he was, and he was okay, and the yeah. girl was, was pretty good too, but, uh, they just, they just did a carbon copy of the, the, the pilot of, of our show, and, and the only thing I would have liked to have said to someone was, don't do ours, <laughs> try and make it different, try and make yeah. it more American. Yeah. You know, that might be good. And, and they just kind of, they just, they literally, 
had the same plot and just changed a few words so they sounded more and, American. And the same camera angles, isn't it? Pretty same much. Same camera angles. Can see they it. thought we did all that shit deliberately. <laughs> and, that, and it was mistakes, you know? We had these crappy sets because we couldn't afford better sets because yeah. it was a pilot episode. You know, everything looked wrong and bad. And also, it, the, the pilot episode was hung in a kind of uh, upstairs, downstairs. See, now I'm talking about my show. Uh, the, the pilot episode was, was, was hung in a kind of upstairs, downstairs idea. And, mm. and as the series went on, I thought, well, I don't, I'm not interested in that. I just want to have funny people in a, in a mm. room like Seinfeld, mm. you know. And so we ditched it. But of course, it was all over that first episode. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, no, this is, this is all I... All how I, can they do... How can that be? Because they have... The thing is, they have lots of money, the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, there's less... There's less of a need to make decisions quickly. Yeah. So they don't decide things. They just throw money at they, it. They probably thought I would be more flattered if they just did the same show. Yeah. You know? I, I don't understand how they could do it without you knowing. That's what, as well as what, yeah, what, you, what I'm... Yeah, but I'm, I'm pretty I'm, amazed at that too. <laughs> but I found out while we were out there doing the rounds of interviews that there was someone else out there who we hadn't heard of who was also going round lots of uh, companies going, I know this show, the thick of it. We can get them in. We can, so was was touting the thick of it as if it was her property. And it, it, it's just America is... I think I might try that. That's quite, that's, yeah. that, that seems to be the way in. <laughs> There's these two guys, Laurel and Hardy, and they are phenomenal. Um, They're and, both idiots. <laughs> that's, that's really the pitch for Laurel and Hardy, isn't it? They're both idiots. And that's the end of the pitch. <laughs> and that's how they do it. They just, uh, you know, they just have so many resources available that it doesn't really matter. But sure, mm. so what? I'd say, you know, I just find that incredible that you, you're, not in control, you're not in control of where mm. it goes. If you've well, created you are, it. you aren't. It just depends, you know. I think what happened was um, the, the company that did, did uh, the IT crowd also did things like... Uh, you know, um, X Factor and stuff like that. And yeah. they just thought, oh, that's what we do. It's a property. We just sell yes. it and someone else yeah. does it. They yeah. thought it was like that. Mm. And they didn't realise Well, I guess that. it's like community itself in the, mm. that's been taken away from the man who created it. Yeah. Because yeah. he's too rude. And I think yeah. also there is a thing. I mean, maybe we're beginning to get over it now, but there is a thing. I, I think there's a lot of British people involved in, I don't know, in television or film or, or any aspect of the arts or whatever, just, just think that America is so fantastic and amazing. Oh, yeah, that's my that favourite thing. they're perfect. I love that. I love that when you see a news story and it goes, you know, uh, it looks like The Office is going to be made in America. <laughs> You know, it's like the f- first series of The Office is one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Yeah. Yeah. What could be better than that? You know, yeah. well, I'll tell you what, if it's done by Americans, yeah. you know, it's such a real kind of, oh, you know, we're not worthy, you know, you're so. And it was interesting watching the sort of BBC executives out there who had been sent over from the UK and set up in, in LA and, and who were. were Talk, you, who talked to you about how, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to stick to this, we're going to stick to this. And as soon as they went into a meeting with an American, they'd go... <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> and it's just that... It's, stop it! You know, we are very good. We're quite good in Britain. We're good at telling. We're good at telling. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a, we don't have to do ourselves down. Greener, one of my favourite shows is... Uh, Eastbound and Down, an yeah. amazing show. And I saw yeah. him interviewed in The Guardian, and he said, well, we were going for the, the British model of six, <laughs> six episodes, which we've been yes. taught to think is a bit 
crap. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's a yeah. great joke about The Simpsons, you know. Um, you know, <laughs> the <laughs> longest running show in British sitcom history. Catch all eight episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But 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 yeah. here was uh, here, here was Danny McBride saying that um, yeah. by doing a shorter run, he was able to keep control over it. He was yeah. able to keep his vision intact and stuff. And so, mm. you know, that, and so but there's this thing. There's this you know everybody here thinks America's great. Everyone in America think we're great. Mm. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Why can't we just be happy? <laughs> you know? But you've gone, I guess, with the IT crowd for mm. a more kind of a broader uh, sitcom. It's certainly a time when really do you think? Well, well I, I think, think when, it's quite subtle when. Um, <laughs> uh, a time when everyone else was... Go- I mean, it kind of got really annoyingly everyone... For me, sitcoms started turning into ultra-realistic to the point. <laughs> <laughs> Graham is doing He's a visual... insulting you. No, no. Not towards... No, that was just a... That was just a um, well, I shouldn't try and compete with these incredible shows that are doing really well. <laughs> I should make something that doesn't look like them at all and they'll stand out. Yeah. That, was, that was essentially... But it's with a studio audience, which is yeah, kind yeah, of which I like. Yeah, and people, you know, people misunderstand that as well. The, 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 there's the, the thing you hear the most is, I don't, I don't need an audience to tell me where to laugh. Well, you know, no one does, you know. Mm. But what's kind of useful is having an audience to energise the performances yeah. and make people try and grasp those laughs by trying different things on different takes. And, and also when you hear other people laugh, I think you're more inclined to laugh out louder. And, and it is a different feeling when you laugh out loud than when you laugh internally, yeah. I think. I think it feels more satisfying when you yourself actually make more of a noise. I don't know. There's some shows that it works for and there's some that don't, though. You know, like, yeah. like, like, like Larry Sanders would have been terrible with an audience, mm-hmm. uh, but Seinfeld would have been uh, awful without one. Yeah. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, it just depends on what kind of show it is. I personally think that very, very naturalistic shows don't, don't benefit too much from an audience, but, but Alan Partridge, I guess, would be one that's kind of in the middle. Because that was quite naturalistic. Well, then, but yeah, but then we got very kind of... People got confused <laughs> for the second series, which was done in front of an audience, where they thought there was a laughter track oh, yeah. on it. They suddenly start... And I, heard, I, had, I heard people saying that, well, the first series didn't have an audience. And, I, like, and well, I'd say, it, it, yes, it did. And they'd, <laughs> and they'd go, no, it didn't. And I said, hang on, I was there. I was, <laughs> it did. It was a real live... And, and, yeah. and, and, you know, people get very kind of dogmatic about these things. But, uh, I mean, it's interesting. The, the Alan Punch we do now doesn't have an audience because we kind of want to make it feel a bit more, I don't know... A well, bit it's more, very realistic. A bit more real, I suppose, yeah. yeah. I, I have to say... Uh, and I think I'm going to get a big round of applause now <laughs> because uh, I have to say I just wanted to thank Armando for bringing Alan back so brilliantly over the last few months <laughs> there you go <laughs> I, I think the, the biography the morning matters you know what's, what's been brilliant about recent Alan is it seems to me that You've all become kind of energised. And also Steve seems to realise that he's got one of the greatest comic characters of all time and he shouldn't let it go so easily. Yeah, you know? uh, no, but, but we, don't, we, don't, um, we don't take Alan out of his box that often. You know, it was ten years 
before, uh, since I'm Alan Partridge, and that was actually six years after the first series of it. And so we don't, he doesn't appear. And I think actually Steve has now become the age that Alan is. Yeah, I was going to so. say. It's, it's kind of, when you see the early, when you see the yeah. pictures of him early on, yeah. it literally is like a 24 year old man yeah. with a stupid grey hair in his hair, yeah. and you just go, what's going on? But now he does look. Uh, Maybe we should do fun. that George Lucas thing of going back to the early Alans and re digitizing them. Yeah. Looks <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. 3D, 3D Allen. <laughs> God, that would be horrible. It? Take but it to America and make someone else play him. That would be. Uh, we love your uh, Alan uh, Partridge. Yes. <laughs> but again, there have been. You know, we do get calls every three years for. You know, can we do the American Alan? But you just think, but yeah, but no, I don't it's him. Why they do that? And it's such it. a British thing, though, isn't it, Alan Partridge? I mean, it's I such a. It is, yeah. It's such a. Yeah. You know, Radio Two, not even Radio Two. In yeah, morning TV, like Daily, Daily Mail feel that yeah. kind of letter writer to the Daily Mail. Well, you know, you don't have to thank me for inventing it. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> to be honest, just the joy of seeing it doing so well. <laughs> that's that's all. Uh, that's all I want from it. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> that's reward in itself. <laughs> it yeah. In, a, in yeah. a big way, it is. I remember yeah. I was going to talk about because I know mm. Amanda from a long time ago because mm. I saw we did we, we did the Oxford Review workshop together. That's right. Uh, in back in jazz cellar in nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. Uh, which was actually a, a kind of a lot of people started there Stuart Lee Al Murray Ben Moore That's right. uh, Riley and uh, yeah. uh, Kevin Cecil uh, and yeah. Ronnie Kevin Cecil and lot, yeah. lots of people started there but you were you were doing a lot more performing then which you don't mm. seem to do so much performing and I remember like rolling on the floor like slightly showing off I think with laughter at <laughs> one of your mm. routines so, uh, do, was it do, the you, impressions of capital letters? I think it might have been. Well, can, can you still? Do you still? I was going to ask if you still knew any of it because like, it won't work on the podcast. No, I don't think. Not. But I, I did this thing called Ken Theft. He was a uh, slightly disturbed comedian called Ken Theft. He, he always in, had the best names. <laughs> yeah, the best names. And he always spoke in very short, clipped sentences. And I remember he did. Uh, capital letters, yeah. my impressions of capital letters, and I had a, a set of like um, props, like glasses and funny moustaches and hats and stuff, and I'd say no capital letter P, and I'd go, <laughs> and, I'd go <clears throat> and I'd turn around and put glasses on and turn around, and then just make my hands in the shape of the letter, <laughs> and it would get a round of applause. <laughs> And then I'd say, moving right on now. <laughs> I've always wondered what capital letter Q would look like <laughs> in a fire, you know. And, you know and put more things. And then I'd get on to, uh, now a little bit more difficult one, this one, a diphthong. <laughs> For this, I require the assistance of a volunteer. And I'd get someone to lean back and be a kind of... A the slant of an A next to an E and stuff like that. And I'd carry on. <laughs> you thinking of bringing that back? No, 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 no. 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 But you did the Alan Partridge, the mid morning, mid morning match thing via uh, the internet with Foster's yes. sponsoring, which yes. also uh, Charlie Hickson, who we had on, who mm-hmm. you know as well, did, uh, show, yeah. uh, did with the Fast Show. So, how, yeah. do, do you think that's a viable way to? It's oh, a, it's only gonna, they're only going to bring back successful shows, presumably. I mean, we did it because we thought that'd be an, an interesting. So we're I'm fucked, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> that would be, we thought it would be a good way of bringing Alan back, and it would sort of slightly stick him in, in under the wire in that we're not going big, we're not saying it's a whole new series on the telly. It would allow us to try something out. We wanted it to be good, so we wanted to, you know, really put an effort into it. And, and, and Foster's paid for it to happen, so they paid for the studios and the budget and everything. I suppose 
you know, if we were unknowns and this was an unknown character, I can't imagine that would have happened. But it just, it's just interesting that you can now do that and as a result... Uh, you know, it got an audience and it's now going to be shown again on Sky Atlantic and we'll bring it on DVD and stuff like that. But yeah. it kind of shows you that it was just the first indication I got that actually you might not need channels and schedules and channel commissioners. Mm. But do you even long, need this? You know? I mean, do you seriously even need the sponsor? I know you have to pay for it all to be made, but yeah. that can't be... A, it's, I mean, for something that's set in one location like that, it can't be a massive amount no, of money. No, it's not an expensive so thing to you make. So you could actually... You get to a point, which I think was yeah. with the internet, where obviously I'm doing rubbish stuff like this I'm a, in front of some nerds but you know if I had if I had say Jimmy Carr's uh, money uh, or accountant even, even if I just had the tax he actually paid I would be able to I'd be able to uh, we'd all like that <laughs> actually be able to just you can just make your own show because I, I worked with um, I worked on the third series some would say the most successful series of Little Britain uh, and uh, as as the script editor, yes, should have should have been a bit. Have got the red pen out a little bit more. But um, <laughs> you know, on paper that ting tong didn't look so bad <laughs> until you actually saw it. <laughs> I didn't realise what they were going to do. Well, I had nothing to do. But the, yeah. I, they, they would be, you know, the BBC would. They'd be in a meeting. They said we want to do this, and the BBC mm. saying, say no, you can't do that. It's too offensive. And you're kind of thinking. You, Wally, and Lucas, what the fuck are you, you know, why don't you just, you've got enough money now, just go and make this yourself and sell it back to the BBC, mm, put it on the mm. internet and then sell it to people. Well, that's still happening. Wait a sec, the, the BBC said to Matt and David that something was too offensive. Yeah. Some right. stuff got cut out. I wish I could have there Wow. Was. <laughs> <laughs> it was something about, uh, it the was something talking about... talking fannies. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that would have been all right. It was, all right. Okay. About, it, it, was, it was something about Islam. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so if any, I've now got a lot of fans in, uh, in Al Qaeda. If you are listening, they were going to say something really horrible about you, so you should blow them up. Anyway. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, to go back to your point, there yeah. is no foot in the door anymore. Really, is that, that? I think that's kind of another aspect to all this. That the foot in the door is a kind of old-fashioned concept. Mm. The foot in the door is is basically just. You know, you just do your stuff and you put it online, and and that's your foot in the door. Yeah. You know, it's a, it, the big mistake that I think I see people making is they, I, people will send me a really funny video, and it'll you know just it's just brilliant, best thing I've ever seen. And, oh, I'll have a look at the rest of their videos, you know, and it's like twenty videos and they're all terrible. Yeah. And it's like you don't have to put them online. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If yeah, you yeah, just yeah. put yeah. that one on, people will think you're a genius. <laughs> that's what I do. Yes. You know, I've got. Acres of shit on the floor. <laughs> Not literally. But like it's like you know, just just lots of stuff that doesn't go anywhere because it's because it's not very good. But, but it I, is hard to I don't do. post it up online and go, Where is it is? Thought of this this morning. It's really bad, but I'm gonna It's you know. hard to appreciate that though, isn't it? When you I mean I think like when, when we did student review, I think we probably thought, Oh, this sketch is amazing, you know, and if we yeah. we did film some of them and there is a video of some of them that exists which I wouldn't you know. But if you I have that if away. you have that person inside your head if you have that person that says, mm. ooh, I won't put that one up online, yeah. then, then you're already further ahead than a lot of other people. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But that comes with experience, though, I think, as well, to know which stuff isn't. You know, I think when yeah. you start off, you're so full of excitement and ebullience that you just want to put everything out and let everyone see everything. But this stuff is out there for years. I know. It's never I think there comes to a stage where you go, you know what, let's take off that sketch with us. Uh, <laughs> just crying over a toilet. I don't think it's that funny. Seeing those, an- <laughs> those anti-Islamic things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me take that off the site, you yes. know. 
But it doesn't. I mean, you were talking about the uh, like um, the uh, Little Britain getting yeah. notes even in the third series. That still continues. Part of the reason that the Mid Morning Matters is up on Sky Atlantic is when we went to the BBC with it, they said. Mm, we're not sure. Could, could we take it outside the radio station? Open it up a bit, and we just thought. But that 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 is against the spirit of the whole thing. Yeah. Yes, but so, you didn't need them particularly for that. I mean, I can understand why they'd give that note because they're trying to hit hmm. the same kind of audiences they had for series one of Partridge right. and two yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I can understand that to some extent, but you know. But that's it. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to. If you make it yourself, you don't have to go through all no, that I rubbish. But I quite like. I quite. I mean, but I have a theory about Seinfeld that I think the reason Seinfeld is so good is because um, Larry David had to jump through so many hoops created by NBC. NBC would say, "Yeah, can you do it? And you know, can you not mention?" the word masturbation. Yeah. So you get a whole episode full of brilliant euphemisms for masturbation. Yes, that's true. Whereas yes. on, on Curb, he doesn't have to do that. And, yeah. you know, you'll just see him in his room masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just not quite as clever for me. You know? it's, so I, I, it's like cigarette advertising in the 70s. You know, before, before, uh, before the 70s, cigarette advertising was just people go... <sighs> And that was the ad, <laughs> you know, Rothmans, you know. And then uh, the 70s came along and they said, you can't show people smoking. And suddenly ads got really weird and, yeah. and fun and enjoyable and artistic, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. If, you, if there's a few little impediments in the way, it sometimes helps the No, definitely, the that's true. I mean, I found that when, when I did As It Occurs to Me, which was my sketch show I did here, that, you, you know, having the freedom to do anything you wanted without <laughs> anyone telling you what to do, for a couple of weeks you go crazy and then you go... Oh, actually, it's, yeah, yeah, it's not really fun if someone was telling you you can't do it. So you kind of and often, it, often, often it's it's uh, you know people will come and they'll say they'll give you the wrong note. They'll say, mm. "Ooh, could you take it outside?" But what they really mean is, uh, I, I didn't like the start. The first five minutes is not enough jokes, which is something you you, you change anyway. And mm, mm. do you know what I mean? You might have just insulted someone, Amanda, and they say, "Can we take this outside?" That might be that might. <laughs> <laughs> Might be all it was. Uh, this question I have to uh, ask you both uh, before I forget. I'm asking, um, I'm asking all of my guests this, and I'm okay. going to ask you first, Graham. Okay. But everyone has been asked. I forgot to ask Jonathan Ross, so you'll be the first OBE to be asked this question. Excellent. Have you ever tried to suck your own cock, Graham? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure I kind of, but I gave up very quickly. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. It's, you know, I, I, that's, Once I, she'd ejaculated in <laughs> The sheer effort was enjoyable enough. No, I, I, I don't think I ever really. I thought, well, can I? Oh, no, I can't. No. That's fine. Amanda, I'm not the off the bucket list. No, I've never, I've never tried, no. although I recently realised. <laughs> I definitely could. That I. No, no. <laughs> I, I recently realised that I might be able to. <laughs> because... <laughs> because I, I used to have a terrible back, you see, and everyone would say, oh, you must take up Pilates. So I've been doing Pilates for the last couple of years. And it does mean you can get terribly... Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, this will work in the podcast, but I'm sure this... <laughs> oh, I'm sure this oh, wow. He's going to do it. He's going to suck his own cock. No. No. It's not that big. (laughs) You do get very flexible, and you do find... Armando Inucci is sucking his own (laughs) cock now. He has the ending. But it it has a ventriloquist (laughs) dummy on it. Yeah. Um, 
but when you do Pilates, you are on various uh, racks and tables, and you end up bent over yourself. And so you end up sucking And you just think, oh, there's my penis. <laughs> so it, it did strike me that, you know... If I just I, came in to cure a little lower back problem. <laughs> and who's this? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> It's Captain Lumber. <laughs> it's a surprisingly good question, that one, isn't it? It's, uh, I'm not going to do it again, that's it. It's just for this series, but there we okay. go. We've discovered that. I've got a question for both of you uh-huh. as well. Uh, John Milton was at the Devil's Party without even knowing it. Discuss. <laughs> I think Armando might do better at this than uh, Graham. It's just my guess. Armando, you did a PhD, an unfinished PhD. An unfinished on, on Paradise, Paradise Lost. Lost. And then General. I did a documentary about Paradise Lost. I, I read Red Dragon. <laughs> But he is, isn't he? John, John Milton, he's trying to make out God's good, but the but devil... in ends... fact, you can see he's utterly yeah. fascinated by Satan. Yeah. And Satan... Besotted. <laughs> <laughs> he, makes made... devil, he makes the devil look cool, because he's thinking, well, the devil is uh, fighting against this impossible odds. Yes. It's probably like some kind of comic uh, that you would, you would refer to. But, uh, the, and then, so he, he, he keeps on fighting even though he's going to lose. Yes, and there's something slightly... Um, uh, there's something very charismatic about the devil, about Satan yeah. in Paradise Lost. There's something very heroic and noble. And also, John Milton was a Republican, and he was actually Cromwell's... He was called something like the chief secretary, but he was basically called Cromwell's spin doctor in that he had to... Um, write defences of Cromwell's actions to uh, opposition from Europe. So he had to basically spin the Republic. And then... Not as good as the suck your own cock question, was it? <laughs> it, was, it wasn't as good. I'm well, dying to know what Jonathan Ross's answer was. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he, he, he tweeted me, he direct messaged me when I said yeah. I forgot to ask you this, and he said uh, that he never tried, but he's sure that he could, I think, was something. But apparently he's going to... In a subsequent... Uh, yes. you know, I, meant, I, meant, I meant to the Milton, Milton question. question. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Take on the, uh... Sorry, I was back on the cocks. <laughs> yeah. He said he thought that the devil could suck his own cock. That's what he's... <laughs> Only in destroying fine IEs. Pardon? Just quoting, I'm just quoting Milton Satan to you. I did it for A-level, so I can... Uh, <laughs> I reckon I know as much about you as, as you do about it, except that I've said everything I know about well, it. Well, I know that the, um, the opening two lines to Paradise Lost of Man's First Disobedience and the Fruit of That Forbidden Tree have the exact same rhythm scheme to the theme tune to the Flintstone. <laughs> of Man's First Disobedience and the Fruit of That Forbidden Tree. There you go, I knew we'd get there. <laughs> I knew there'd be something in that's why, that's why you've got the OBE. <laughs> why did you, you gave up though? You didn't finish your PhD? No, I didn't. No, because I was too got... busy doing comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Gets in the doing way. capital letters. And... Do you think that's all? Because again, again, two very intelligent guests working mm. in stupid sitcoms, <laughs> people things about people getting shut, stuck in chocolate machines. <laughs> you could be doing amazing things with your lives. But we are, Richard, no, we are. You're not. You're wasting, <laughs> wasting intelligence. You could be sitting in an ivory tower somewhere, spouting about John Milton, yeah. trying to suck your own car. <laughs> no one would mind. That really isn't that different from what's happening there. <laughs> Except I've got Twitter as well. <laughs> Did you, uh, did you, did you uh, go to... You, you went straight into um, a ge- music journalism from school, did you, or did you go to university as well? Uh, I had a brief period I at a communications know. college that, that, that people went to if they didn't get any good marks, right. and mm. I went to that for a while. In fact, uh, I, was, I, was in the, I was sitting in the um, 
reception for my interview, and uh, <laughs> and I was just waiting, and I, I had a big folder full of my. I wrote short stories and stuff like that, and, and re- film reviews and stuff, you know. And uh, there was a, a person next to me, and they leaned over and they said, "Can I ask you a question?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah." And this and this person was going in for the same interview, and uh, she said, "What's communications?" <laughs> And she got it. <laughs> Only because you told her the answer, though. <laughs> Imagine yeah. she got it. So that's, that's the college I went to. <laughs> and then, but you went to music journalism. Yeah. Again, and that's why you left. Is that why you left? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, oh, I'm, this is my, I'm going to make some money now in music journalism. <laughs> And that, that didn't go so well. And who did you write? Do you wrote for Select? I wrote for I a magazine in Ireland called Hot Press and oh. then uh, Select magazine over mm-hmm. here for a while. Sure, I remember that. So people sometimes put up my reviews online. Oh, I found all your reviews online. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's very interesting. Thanks very much. And I never retweet them. You know, it's just so embarrassing. I mean, you know, it's, I, I guess it's worse for young people now who all their all the silly things they wrote in blogs and stuff mm. are there forever. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. but... <laughs> but you know I guess I, I, I suppose we're all just going to have to get over being embarrassed about it you well know? that's what I've done <laughs> and I've made a living out of just saying the things you're not meant to say about yourself we reach a point where we're just not embarrassed anymore well like, someone nice. said about um, remember Anthony is it Anthony Weiner is that his name? Oh, that congressman. The humorously um, named congressman who showed who, who tweeted a photo of his dick. Yes, he sent it. Who 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 could know that sending a photo of your penis to a blackjack dealer would result in uh, any trouble? Uh, but he uh, he. But but someone pointed out. Uh, I think it was Dan Savage, who's this very good uh, writer on sex in in the AV AV club in the Onion. Uh, he said, you know, in ten years. Everyone's penis is going to be on the internet. <laughs> so catalogue, you know. just look up before you. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, so I you know, there's going to there is going to come a point where people just won't be embarrassed. People are just going to well, well, you know, so what, you know, because everyone's going to. Going but to be I think but I generally think that does work. That does happen on the internet when you, in the nineteen, you know, in the nineteen eighties or nineteen nineties, if you're doing something even mildly perverse as a young mm. man, you know, you're thinking, oh my god, I'm doing this awful, terrible. Thing I, th- I find this yeah. thing attractive, and then you find, then the internet arrives, and you suddenly go, ah, right. right so yeah. and, and a, there is a lot of worse people than me, and yeah. everyone else does this as well. Yeah, so yeah. it suddenly makes it. There's I, a there's a there's a there's a forum about. It. Yeah. <laughs> I can Who speak can to suck their own face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's good, isn't it? That's good. Yeah, I think it is good. You know, less shame. Less... But well, I think that's a lot of the stuff I do is about just admitting stuff or talking. Oh yeah, about you're something. fucked. But I am. But, I, <laughs> but, it, but by doing that, you know, once you. But I, you're not because once you've admitted everything, there's very little I have left held back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There's some things I can't, you know, talk about well, for fear of uh, prosecution. But uh, <laughs> but you know, once you've talked about, it, then there's no one can get you, can they? They mm. can't then suddenly mm. go, oh, huh, you did that, and go, yeah, I did do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what's going to be like for everybody, I think. That's, that's been the the undoing, I think, of the whole uh, News International. In, in that, uh, you know, people had to go to the celebrities for for thinking uh, that it, it was all about their ego and why should we should we worry about the celebrities and and the way they're being attacked. But because they actually were quite happy to say, yeah, we did all that stuff. We're just annoyed <laughs> that uh, they hacked into our phone. That's why I love Steve. That away. That's why I love Steve as a spokesman for it yeah. because yeah. Steve. Has has 
did a bit of a naughty boy from time to time. <laughs> but, um, and, and someone was talking to me and they said, well, I, would, I just wish it wasn't Steve Coogan because he's done all these things. And I thought, no, he's perfect because it's, it's no, no one's fucking business. Yeah, you know? yeah. So he's a perfect person. You know? the, the worse, the better. The worse your behavior, the better. Because anything that goes on behind closed doors is no one's business. You know? yeah. It's just weird. Everybody's been under like, this kind of um, hypnotic spell yes. that's, that, where everyone's kind of agreed, oh, yeah, if you're famous, it doesn't matter. My, fa- my favorite example is that um, woman from the Iceland ads. What's her name? Um, Carrie Katona. Yeah, right. who is photographed in her own bathroom taking cocaine. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and at the time, everybody saw it and thought, oh my God, she's a mother. No one had that thought of, how was this photograph taken? <laughs> you know? And suddenly now we've all woken up from this kind of magic spell that Murdoch was able to cast. That Oh no, that's allowed. That's okay. Don't worry about that. That's, that's all right. You know? I'm actually intrigued as to how people got hold of Jimmy Carr's income tax details. I think that, I, I, I think that there was a pretty good uh, piece of journalism. I don't oh, think there's anything right. totally untoward about right. that. Oh, well, you can show, presumably just have, you can look into, they're all, you can just go to company's house and look right. into those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't think it was one of those things that you can, um, you can say, oh, no, it was proper journalism there, I think. Sorry, Jimmy, but I think it was. Yeah. Unfortunately. So today on uh, Twitter, uh, a, um, Jim <coughs> Davidson has uh, told, is following me, I'm following mm. him as well, mm. and um, he said that he's doing that because I'm very funny. Ah, oh. oh, lovely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I feel I'm the same way give, about Brendan O'Carroll. I, I decided to give up comedy. <laughs> um, who's your, have you got any unexpected fans of your work that you've bumped into who you were surprised to find out liked you? Oh, God. I can't remember. Yeah, there's been a couple of people that... I'll tell you who, who got... Well, one thing that was nice, I'm a big fan of... Uh, the band Field Music, Sheffield band. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think they're Sheffield, aren't they? Newcastle. Sorry, Newcastle, aren't they? This is like Wikipedia, this audience. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. internet. It's the internet. They'll give you um, anything you don't know. And, uh, he could and, be lying. And I just, I just... I spent a day kind of just listening to them at home while I was writing and also tweeting the songs I liked. And after a while, Michael J. McKean, who's the lead singer of Spinal Tap, yes. wrote back and said, those guys are great. And, Oh, very good. You know, create a little uh, field music fan. In yeah, Michael that's J. just showing off. That's not, no, that's, not, that's, that's not Jim <laughs> Davids, isn't that, it? I, I, I did. I, and I, I did. ruined it by saying I love Spider. <laughs> <laughs> I did once get a tweet from Richard Dreyfus saying, is there going to be another series of Alan Parker? <laughs> and I said, yeah, we're just doing a special at the moment. And he just tweeted back saying, oh, great, cool, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never heard from him again. <laughs> and I got Alan, uh, what's that guy? Um, oh, what's his name? Who wrote? Uh, who wrote Mary Tyler Moore's show? James L. Brooks. Oh, James right. L. Brooks occasionally writes to me, which is yeah. which is wonderful. Yeah. Did you should have asked him about Mr. Holland's opus? Uh, James Dreyfus, <laughs> my favourite favourite James Dreyfus. Yeah, I will be unfollowing oh. because of the film. <laughs> Mr. You got to check out Mr. Holland's Opus. Slightly <laughs> Mr. Holland's Opus. Mr. Holland's Opus is. I love that film because it's got that thing that every every inspirational school teacher film has to have, which is there's a big concert at the end, and and then uh, you cut to someone with a violin going, dee, 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 and then there's a guy with an electric guitar. Oh, I love that. It's in every. I'll tell you who did it as well. Jimmy McGovern did the exact same thing. Right. You know, big concert. It's like anything about inspirational kids. They all end with a concert where someone plays an electric guitar and you're supposed to lose your shit over it. <laughs> it's 
very, very moving. It's like goodbye, Mr. Chips, but he has sex with one of the pupils. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he does, but he thought, does he thought? I can't remember. I'm in love with these. I mean, it's only in that. I'm not saying uh, Richard Dreyfus did that. I'll, t- I'll tweet him now. I'll ask him. <laughs> Are we stretching your patience, by the way? Yeah, yeah that's, that's the idea. <laughs> right, okay. We keep going. There's a, we're, look, we're an hour and uh, 15 minutes in, which is pretty good to get wow. to this point. What's the longest you've done? I think it? we've done about 90 minutes, but right. usually it's about the hour point. Everyone goes a bit quiet and starts yeah. to yeah, cry. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, uh, it's like Stockholm Syndrome, though. Then they get over it and then they become friends. <laughs> <laughs> they trap us in a room long enough. Yeah. The way I think it is, it's not really for these people here who've paid to see it, it's yeah, for the yeah, idiots at home who Don't can't be bothered to spend a, a penny on it. We're all watching Veep. (laughs) Whereas we're going to kill you one by one until our demands are met. (laughs) We'll end end soon. I've forgotten to... uh, uh, Probably quite... I was just thinking about what you were saying about football earlier. Oh, yes. Which is, uh, instead of penalties... Something I know something about, thank God. Instead of penalties, if everyone did a party piece, I thought (laughs) it might be quite a good way of deciding it. And what, the crowd decides which was the best? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If all the players, yeah. and indeed the manager, because Roy Hodgson, he speaks five languages, so that yeah. would be, that, you'd get points for that, surely. <laughs> and what, the, the crowd had to be promised not to be partisan in their judging. <laughs> yes. We promised to vote for whoever was best. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Did you know, there's a great photo uh, of, the, of the French, uh, the Italians taking the penalty today, and behind the goal, hmm. a guy in a big green wig had got his cock out. <laughs> 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 Right behind, which I presume was an attempt to put him off. I, yeah, which I really imagine that. But just he was running up to take it. it? He just went. Oh. I think it was the decisive penalty. It would have to be pretty big to register. <laughs> to, to register enough to make you miss a penalty. It would have to be like one of those giant hands they have. <laughs> but Griffith was the goalkeeper. Because yeah. <laughs> it's all about distracting them as they run. <laughs> it just gets it. The urge to hit it right at the cock would be so overpowering. <laughs> he dived left, but his cock went right and <laughs> managed to get it. And uh, you've been writing, uh, you've been writing a West End play, The Lady Killers. Yes, uh, yes, which has done very well. It's yes, done all right. Okay. I, I don't, I don't want to step on your toes, but I, um, I've got some ideas how you could improve it. Okay. Uh, get it more popular. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you write it again, but put a Shrek in it? Put a Shrek in it. <laughs> Because he's like, I do like, like the same. They love Shrek. Uh, yeah. He's a very popular character. I, I prefer it when you say a Shrek. Yeah. That's, yeah. Fu- that's yeah. funny. Put a Shrek in it. That is my solution. <laughs> Matilda yeah. to mention. That was, that yeah, was a, a Shrek in it. Put a Shrek in it. Yeah. Uh, Veep. A sh- what about Veep? Put, put a, a Shrek, Shrek in it. Fucking Shrek. <laughs> isn't, isn't the most annoying thing about Shrek the way everyone thinks Mike Myers' accent is good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he came in and he did this accent and we yeah. thought oh we gotta go with that it's like no wait move on from there trying to anyway it could be the new jump to shark couldn't it for a sitcom if yeah they, they put a Shrek in a Shrek in it they did this like Shrek went in the Amer- Daniel very quickly in That's the American like, office the new boss is a Shrek <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but it's never referred to, no, no one else. No, no, no. But it's played by Mike Myers because that's all he can do now. <laughs> well, we may be getting towards the end of the podcast in the next half an hour or so. So, um, <laughs> is there any question, Armando Unici, you would li- always like to have asked Graham Linnan? <laughs> 
Well, what he doesn't know is that we, we cast him and Arthur in the Irish edition of I Man Partridge just to slow you down in your, <laughs> in your sitcom yeah, writing. Yeah, yeah. It was that a worked. diversion. <laughs> and it didn't work. No. 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 I, 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 don't, get... I don't have a follow-up joke, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but that got a bigger laugh than the actual anecdote. So, uh, <laughs> As I, I knew we... it would. <laughs> <laughs> building all the time. It's like a Stuart Lee routine. Uh, But with a Shrek in it. Put a Shrek in it. I could change from put a sock in it. We could change the phrase. Put a Shrek Shrek in it. it. Leave it out. Put a Shrek in it. It'll be all over EastEnders next year. I saw an an EastEnders fruit machine once. uh, Yeah. And, uh, and, and when it was left <laughs> idle, when no one was using it, it, it just used to occasionally go, well, leave it out. <laughs> just used to come out with, like, random phrases. <laughs> really funny. You and whose army? <laughs> idea of an EastEnders It's fruit. over. <laughs> And he send us fruit machine like yeah, I want to gamble but be slightly miserable. I want to be, get the misery in as I'm as I'm gambling. This is a quote from you, Armando Yunucci. Mm. I'll be voting Lib Dem this election <laughs> because they represent the best chance in a lifetime to make lasting and, and, and fair change to how the UK is governed. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Is that why you got the OBE? Uh, uh, <laughs> from Nick Clegg's do you, office. Do you still stand by that? No, I don't. I stand so far away from that that I'm, I'm not even in Australia, I'm in New Zealand. But it's, it, we do keep getting fooled. That's something That's that... The, yes. We, 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 I remember uh, watching the uh, Blair win. Yeah, and, and just the thinking, feeling of... Oh wow! You know, and yeah. it's all going to change for the better. It's all going to be great things. <laughs> I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. You know, it's like, oh rock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mass murder. Be funny if they lived Dems campaign slogan theme for like the next election was "Abide with me." <laughs> <laughs> I love the way I love the way we're all in this together has become such a poisonous term for the, for the Tories. It's supposed to mean everyone, you know, we're all in this together, but now it means like five people are all in this together. You know, Murdoch, uh, Jack the Ripper, <laughs> Peter Sutcliffe. <laughs> you know, Richard. and Armando. Mm. Are you diphylactic, as the end of the roadshow credits claimed? No, I remember that. What does diphylactic mean? Well, if you don't know that, I don't think you should be... You uh, can tuck uh, your own cock. No, what? it you means can tuck your own uh, cock. you have two penises. Two penises? Yes! <laughs> no, no, no. no Just no, got no. one. One for Pilates. easy sucking, one down there. <laughs> <laughs> a shoulder one for easy sucking. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a one penis a day man. So. <laughs> what, you change it every day? <laughs> Snap on. Yeah, I'll do an impression of this won't work in the podcast, but this is me uh, swinging my uh, shoulder penis up for a suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, isn't it? Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Come on. You can do it. Come on. Yeah. 
Question time, here I come. <laughs> There's no Tim Minchin miming having sex with his own anal prolapse, though. That's, that's the, it's only the second best mime of the series. <laughs> Sex-based rhyme. My favourite uh, thing that I remember about you, Amanda, is when you were producing uh, a week ending, uh-huh. which was nice for us because you employed me and I remember you wrote about 60% of <laughs> it. did. But the, the, about the time before when yeah. Diane Messias was producing, mm-hmm. um, we got one sketch on in eight weeks of yes. 20 seconds long, so <laughs> it was quite a relief yeah. uh, to be able to eat some food when you were producing. <laughs> but you came in one day and you said, I've just been to the cinema, I went to see this film, it's good, it's called Goodfellows. It's <laughs> 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 the best thing you've ever done. Oh, change. <laughs> I remember you, you and Stuart wrote this sketch called The All New Adventures of the Birmingham Six. <laughs> <laughs> Did it get on? Uh, yeah, it did. <laughs> we used and, to... And we, the Birmingham Six, they just went on these adventures. <laughs> helping people, and they all had Irish accents. And it was just every week. I got so many letters from it. Most of them just saying, what is the satirical <laughs> And I just thought it just made me laugh. It was just the all-new adventures of the Birmingham Six. <laughs> the all-new... Yeah. Let's forget about the old adventures. Yeah, they yeah. may or may not have had... They've moved on since then. Yeah. <laughs> moved we used on. To, we're all acquitted anyway, so we used to have one that we used to slip in uh, with uh, when we did Smith and Jones. We'd yeah. slip in a fake sketch because after a while we were quite confident. <laughs> and uh, it was one, the one was called it was called Penis Beard, and the whole the whole idea was that the pubic hair grew under the penis rather than over it. <laughs> And people would say, mm, don't really get penis beard. I said, really? I think that's a winner. That was literally the only joke. The penis grows under. That doesn't happen. We, when we were writing Weekending, there was a producer called Bill Dare, who's gone oh, into yes. fantastic success, but we wrote a sketch for him called Bill Dare's Bottom. But it was just a sketch about Bill Dare's Bottom. But we kept on submitting it in the hope it would get in. It was unlikely to get in. Yeah. <laughs> but we did it anyway. So, um, oh look, fuck it. Uh, probably, done, I'm bored. Uh, probably, probably done enough. Do you remember the, asleep. Do you remember the bit where uh, it's, this is? I'm, I'm seeing myself as the kind of bagpuss of this interview process. When I fall asleep, everyone else falls asleep as well. Um, <laughs> We're, Stuart Lee we last week was talking about the, when we, uh, we fell out slightly over on the hour I suppose mm-hmm. for various reasons uh, but that you were on a plane do you remember being on a plane with him and he doesn't remember this either on a plane uh, you were on a, we were on a plane going to Glasgow somewhere to do um, a plane to Glasgow to do uh, something like uh, it was, we, we were doing Fist of Fun or something you know okay. uh, Lionel Nimrod which yes. used to be him oh yes, yes and we were flying in there was very bad turbulence yes and Stu turned to you and said oh look it doesn't really matter about all that stuff does it we're, do you remember this happening well, what, so he, 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 he kind of die. made your piece because he, <laughs> he, he thought he was about to die. But he doesn't remember it, but it's in a book. So he, it, oh, right. It's when he read that he realised he could probably work with you again, but it took, it took him 20 years to realise that, 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 the, that you'd be made it. Do you not remember it? No. No. So how... <laughs> This sto- I do remember it, but I have never told anyone that story. I, but I just think most things are not real. That's the, that's, the, that's the thing. If you question anything, you discover it's just there's discrepancies. Yeah. Just well, memory's very world. unreliable as well. It is unreliable. I can't remember why I said yes to this. No, I can't. <laughs> I'm sometimes not even certain I did invent that Partridge. <laughs> sometimes I think. <laughs> Well, it seems odd that I invented it, but I haven't. 
no say in <laughs> but having then talked to you about it then that just happens and you invent something then someone else just takes it and does uh, yeah. what they want with it um, and on that note no, no. <laughs> on that bombshell no, on that no. bombshell yeah, see I that. hate the fact that I have to explain to my kids who love Top Gear that Jeremy Clarkson didn't come up with that catchphrase <laughs> on that bombshell it just I, I despise the way that has happened, that the world is like that. More than the Iraq war. <laughs> More than the collapse of the euro. <laughs> the fact that Jeremy Clarkson somehow gets credit it's from my children. <laughs> <laughs> but when you show kids things, like yeah. if they're, my kids are five and seven, and you show them things, like I showed them The Artist the other day, and it has a bit where a dog comes and barks for a policeman yeah. and, uh, to follow him. And this woman goes, oh, he wants you to follow him. And the policeman goes, maybe. <laughs> it's just a brilliant joke based on the convention of following. But my kids were just like, follow him. <laughs> they didn't see, well, there's a whole kind of history behind that joke and stuff. You know, they just see things. Yeah. So they're getting all this Simpsons stuff and they don't realise the references. And so yeah. it's just a bunch, of, a bunch of shit that happens, which is how they described it to me once. They see, they, they see Simpsons as a documentary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm watching The Twilight Zone from the beginning at the moment. It's amazing how many episodes of The Twilight Zone are just in The Simpsons. You don't, you don't oh, yeah, necessarily realise. I've just watched one which I did know, with the, the How to Serve Humans. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> well, I, I quite enjoyed this one. I occasionally talk about The Twilight Zone. I quite enjoyed it because uh, basically there's an alien comes to Earth. He's got a big head. He looks like and he's really tall. And he says, here's all these stuff we're going to give you because we love you and we want mm. world peace. And he has a book with him, but then he leaves the book on oh, the yeah. table, which I would say was a mistake. <laughs> it was a foolish error of the man to leave. And they take this book and they're trying to translate it. And they manage to translate the cover, which is how to serve humans. No, the, no. To, to serve, no, what is it? It's called to serve to humans. To serve humans. So they think it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, yeah, but the, how does someone who's a cryptologist... Uh, translate a three-word thing in an in a alien language, but yeah. just three. They can only translate well, the three first, words on the front and nothing the, else. How would you manage to work out that those symbols meant to serve humans? The first word been... looks like two. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, then the excuse is when she finally works out, and this is the spoiler alert, everyone, yeah. it's a cookbook. Oh. Uh, oh, I left the cookbook she, there. She, works at the, she says, oh, we couldn't do it because the front was in capitals and the, and the inside's in small letters. <laughs> You wouldn't be able to translate three words of a language you knew nothing about. <laughs> That's not enough letters, even for a cryptologist. Uh, but the Simpsons were very funny with them again. How to how to cook for humans? How to cook forty humans? How to cook? Right. Yeah. You know. It's good. It's good. Good. It's good out. Might just talk good about, out for um, the podcast. Talk about what Simpsons <laughs> I like. Isn't the internet wonderful? <laughs> I think it's good to leave it. Leave it just dying. <laughs> let's see if we can build it up. No, let's just let it die. So I'm um, not going to do a competition. Questions from the audience. Not going to do a competition. This will we can do if you like. If, yeah. no, there we go. Make oh, it, it'll joke. make it longer. Uh, you, not... you do understand it. will make it longer. Yeah, someone said, someone said no. Can we have the house lights up a little bit so we can see the hideous faces of the <laughs> trolls that enjoy this? Gen- general knowledge questions are always good <laughs> as well. There's actually. a man coming for you. It's the nope. Mark Chapman moment for Armando Iannucci. <laughs> <laughs> That would be a fucking brilliant way to... And how ironic if, you know, you got actually murdered at the end of my chat show. Yeah. Uh, it would be very like something... I sat in this audience thinking that I'd hear a few amusing stories. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave. 
It's the only way to make it stop is to kill us. That is the only way. Has anyone a question? Put your hand up and I'll have to repeat the question. I'll, I saw this hand first. What is your question, sir? I'm assuming it might be a lady, but it's a long way back. <laughs> <laughs> the fact you said it's what very in a very a high voice is not, does not. Uh, uh, let me repeat the question for the people at home. As someone with strong opinions about computer games, <laughs> uh, have you ever? Have you ever? I'm glad we turned this over to the audience. Have you ever? Now it's going to get interesting. Have you ever? Have. have you ever wanted to write a computer game? I've done game? one. I did a bit of work on Little Big Planet too. Just, just, oh, just yes, a sir. little tiny bit of script editing, and I don't even know whether they used it because they haven't sent me the game, and I refuse to buy it. <laughs> and presumably you then have to play the game to get to the bit that you wrote anyway. You wouldn't be able to jump. Yeah, yeah, well, that was more of a general idea about yeah. the structure of a okay. st- storytelling stuff that they may not have... See, the thing with computer games is they think they can bring you in and you'll write a few gags and, and you know, and, and kind of... But you can't really do that because, because the worlds are so weird there's nothing to hang on to to tell the gags, you know what I mean? So you, you have to be involved at a very early stage if you're going to make your mark. Although Alex Garland, who did... Um, the Beach and uh, 24 Hours Day. He did Enslaved, and it really, really shows. It's brilliant, you know. Brilliantly written. If I leave you the keys, will you lock up? <laughs> <laughs> the people at home can always just turn off whenever they want. That's the thing. They don't have to listen That's to That's a good spot. And the thing is, you know, we can, uh, we can do the I don't understand, though, people in my generation who don't play games. What? What were you doing when you were a teenager? How did I did. I played football manager too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked. Um, I liked Civilization. Oh, there was yeah. that brilliant Civilization too. There was that brilliant did you hear story. That guy, yeah, yeah. That guy recently still playing. He's playing at uh, Civilization two. He's been playing for ten years, mm. and basically it's turned into 1984. It's just three places perpetually at war. bombing each other with nuclear bombs. <laughs> Spies coming and playing. They can never clean up in time. Yeah. So, so it's just living this kind of hellish life. But he's literally. It's not like ten years of the game. He's been playing the game. For ten years, he's got to this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where is it? Stay on, mate, and not thought. Oh, I'll stop. I'll start, I'll start a new game. So no, I'm going to see this through yeah, to the yeah, end. Yeah. See if I can turn this around. <laughs> Every time he makes peace with the Vikings, yeah, they, they, they start fucking, fighting. It. Yeah, they stab him in the back. It is frustrating. Vikings. So I know a little bit about. I, I prefer uh, like really, you know, um, uh, Yahtzee and stuff like that. Is what I like to yeah. play. <laughs> Monopoly. I'm it's obsessed. A solid with, game. I'm obsessed with playing Monopoly against three pretend computer opponents. <laughs> what? And I always put the penguin, and I fucking hate the penguin. The, wait, and the penguin. There's a penguin, penguin in it. It's like a Monopoly world. There's all different like, counters. They're different than the. How ones. did I forget there was a penguin? No, there isn't in the game. No, no, it's in the no. video game. But I hate the penguin, and sometimes he beats me, but not very often. You just got to go for the go for the orange ones. It's really orange it's a real kick in the balls to know that a penguin is better at economic yeah. decisions. <laughs> You know, it's more of a kick that's, of a ball. That's why I have an It's account. not even a real penguin. That's what that's... <laughs> Anyone else got a question? Not about video games. Andy McH, well, you've been a loyal supporter of my podcast, and you now is return. You get to ask a question. Don't mess it up. <laughs> what is your question? It's another question for Graham. It's another question for Graham. It looks like Graham's more popular with the audience than Armando. <laughs> so far, yeah. So far. It's embarrassing if Armando doesn't get a question. That's why I opened it up. These look like my kind of music. <laughs> If, if the question is, have you tried turning it on and off again? I'm going to get you out of here. You know? <laughs> um, I'm just wondering if you think more people on Twitter 
Oh, yeah, Should yeah. more people on Twitter post pictures of themselves on the toilet? Yeah, no, I did. Do you know this? Did you see this? Uh, I, I recently saw a headline, the, the Huffington Post, that said, is this picture of Kim Kardashian too sexy? <laughs> so I deleted the link and replaced it with a picture of myself straining on the toilet. <laughs> Quite naked. And... And I, I, I showed it, I showed, my wife took it, you know, and we were in the room and I said, really, this is going to be online forever, this is going to be online forever. And she said, she was like, please do it, please, please do it. She, she literally said, I'll have sex with you all the time. And, uh, and so I posted it and, and it hasn't, it hasn't, so to speak, hit me in the face again <laughs> since, but yeah, it is out there. That was, I love it's doing an interesting like philosophical that, question whether it's possible for something to be too sexy, isn't it? <laughs> but that was the thing. I've never <laughs> seen a headline point? designed to make men go, ooh, I don't know, could something be too sexy? <laughs> it's Graham Linnan on the it. toilet! <laughs> but if they click on the actual thing, they go, actually, that is too sexy. That is, that is no longer... Yeah, yeah. It's so I sexy, it's no question. longer sexually arousing. <laughs> it's, it's made my penis go inside yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's gone given all the me way around. It's, right given, it's given me yes. an innie. <laughs> <laughs> A hard off. There's someone right at the back. Some right at the back. I can't see if they're even human. They could be an ape of some kind. They bought their ticket very late. They shouldn't really be rewarded. Shout out your question. This is for Armando. It's for Armando. Thank Hooray! You. Two one. Two one. He's lost. <laughs> lost on penalties. Any chance of any more the day to day, Armando? Any chances of any more? I want to ask you: Is there any more chances of any more end of the road shows? <laughs> <laughs> the four-episode-long Radio Four series <laughs> that me and Stu wrote, and someone's leaving. There we go. That's it. With you. Oh, you got to go. That's fair. I did tell you on Twitter you had to get that train for your restraining order. The, you had to be home by eleven. Thanks for coming, though. It's all right, wasn't it? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so. yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It was average. Good. Are there going to be any more day-to-days on that? I think the problem with... I'm going to answer this question for you, Armando. Okay. Uh, the problem with the day-to-day is that what has happened subsequently in the news is more ridiculous than yes, what happened in the day-to-day. The I don't, and I, what I think that what you did on the day-to-day caused that, and if you did something worse, it would just make the news even worse <laughs> yes. in the future. It's it is bit... amazing how no lessons were learned well, that's the thing. at all. They, they don't understand. I remember watching, not, not that long ago, uh, an item on the, on, a, on the news where they were talking about it was the end of the space shuttle. That's right, it was the last flight of the space shuttle. And it was John Simpson was standing there in the, in the, uh, in the era when newsreaders stood which was about four or five years ago. And as he was talking about the space shuttle, a three-dimensional space shuttle came in and flew around him and then landed next to him. And I just thought... He got on it and kind of... (laughs) Waving. (laughs) Him and Emily Mitchell just... (laughs) Until the news tomorrow. (laughs) Bye! <laughs> and so I, I just, what's the point? I mean, it's what I was saying. Reality. There's, there's... I saw I saw Humphreys on uh, on uh, um, 
uh, mastermind, and the no, special we subject. Bring that up. The special subject. <laughs> the special subject was day to day and brass what? eye and stuff. Yeah. Oh, really? And uh, and and the guy says. Um, you know, he's talking about brass eye or something, or, or, or both of them, and he says, oh, yeah, no, it's really good, it's really good. And Humphrey says, I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, well, you know, it shows that you never yes. watched it. You well, I, I once prick. was watching Mastermind... <laughs> <laughs> I was once watching Mastermind and someone had chosen Alan Partridge as his... I thought, right, great, let's see if we can... And he, he did better than me. <laughs> I remember. It's because you got the question, who invented Alan Partridge? <laughs> <laughs> let's have... We should end it there because that was brilliant. But um, let's, have, let's have one more question. Let's see if we can carry on so long that everyone's no. left. No, no. <laughs> You're so going to doing penalties. Go out and round of applause. Go out and something big. Well, we big... will. We'll, 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 let's see if we can do this. Let's do that song we were going to do. <laughs> Actually, I, I went to see Bob Hope live, and uh, uh, sorry, my last story, but but it was when he was really old and right. he should not have been touring, and he was on with his wife, and his wife did that thing where she said, she said, uh, Bob, do you remember? Do you remember that song we used to sing? The old song uh, about. Uh, you know, promises that were made and things like that. And Bob says, who are we doing tomorrow? Is it ABC or NBC? <laughs> and she says, no, Bob, we're, we're on stage at the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> Is it NBC or ABC? It was, it was so sad. Oh, dear, but it, yeah. but it, it was one of those things where it was so bad mm. that we really got the giggles. We had to watch it. And in the end, it was a good show because we, oh, we laughed yeah. a lot. <laughs> this is how he danced at one point. <laughs> he couldn't stand up. It was terrible. Who's playing about a tour? The thing that made us really laugh was picturing the manager, this kind of guy with an eye patch. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're on stage at the Royal Albert Hall. At one point, he went, he wandered. He, he did this. He went like this, and the band leader went, "Oh shit!" and kind of got him and pulled him back. It was amazing. It was well worth the fifty quid. If only you'd applauded there, we could have ended. I thought it was good enough. I thought it was good enough. Thank you very much. Thank you. To my guests, Amanda Unici, Craig and Lennon, thank you very much. See you next time. We'll be back in the autumn with some more. Thank you. Come on. You have been listening to Richard Herring's Letter Square Theatre Podcast. It was all right, wasn't it? Thank you. Thanks to my guests, Graham Linehan and Armando Gianucci. Uh, it was produced by Ben Walker. The music is by Pest. It's thanks very much to Mark, Orange Mark, at the British Comedy Guide and everyone who has helped out here at the Leicester Square Theatre to make this such a wonderful success. I'm welling up. Uh, it has been a Fuzz and Sky Potato production for the internet. Bye! How'd you like them, Sky Potatoes? <laughs>
You have been listening to Rich Terring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. Reher Lesterper, Reher Lesterper. That was the last one in the series. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed it, why not go and buy some stuff? I am doing two shows at the Edinburgh Fringe, Talking Cock, The Second Coming, and Richard Herring's Edinburgh Fringe Podcast. You can get tickets for both of those at edfringe.com. Hurry up, they're selling fast! Uh, and you can also buy the book of Talking Cock, along with lots of my DVDs and Fist of Fun, Series 1 and shortly Series 2, at www.gofasterstripe.com. Uh, also, you might want to listen to producer Ben's other podcast, Do the Right Thing, it's on iTunes and the British Comedy Guide. It's ace. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back in the autumn with some more. Woo! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.